Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast, the last one before the long weekend. Jennifer Jones stops by to preview the Scotties. A University of Winnipeg student breaks an ultimate record and the power parlay. Joe's in Vegas. So what are Philly and I going to do? You'll find out on the podcast. And now back to the Scotties, which are officially underway in Sydney, Nova Scotia with the wildcard game. Pool play begins tomorrow afternoon and Jennifer Jones is in a familiar situation wearing the Maple Leaf on her back for a sixth time as defending champ. I had the chance to catch up with the curling legend earlier today. How is the preparation for a Scotties different knowing that you've already got the berth into the tournament? You know, to be honest, when we first won, um, it was a little bit different because there was fewer events for you to play in, especially in January, and you really had to try to find games and try to get ready. But now with the slams and all the events that we play in, it's it's not really that much different. There's so many games to play, and you're really busy heading up until the Scotties and feel like you're, you haven't really had that break by not playing in provincials. So it's just a matter of trying to get some games in, get some confidence, have some good training before, and hopefully show up and have your best on the ice. How do you feel Jocelyn Peterman has fit into your lineup? Oh, she's been great. She's a great teammate, uh, just a great person, great to have around. So we've uh, really enjoyed having her out there. And, um, you know, I I think she's had some fun and hopefully we can uh, win a few games this week. Already knowing you're in the tournament, do you pay attention to the provincial playdowns and who's going to be there with you? Well, this year I did for sure because I was – working for, for Sportsnet, uh, following all the provincials right, that weekend. Right, so right. it was kind of fun to sit there on the desk and see all the teams that we're going to be playing. And you definitely do pay attention for sure. I mean, I'm a curling fan and you want to kind of see who's going to qualify, but it always ends up being all the best teams are here and you know, you're going to have to play your best. So it's, it's always a fun week. And tonight, the wild card game between uh, Carrie Anderson and Casey Scheidegger, that's something that are all the teams going to be there watching what happens, or are you just busy getting ready for tomorrow? Well, we have actually opening receptions and stuff that we have tonight. So, unfortunately, well, no, it's great that we get to do it. Yes. Um, but we won't likely be able to get to the game on time. Um, we could maybe go late, or it's also on TV. So we haven't decided exactly what we're going to do, and we'll see what time the reception ends and where we're at. But we will definitely watch a little bit about just even more so just to watch what the ice is doing in preparation for tomorrow. Right. How did you feel being on TV? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it's so much fun, and um, I love it. I, I love watching curling, and I love just analyzing curling. So it's it's fun to sit there and kind of watch from a different perspective. It's basically doing everything that I love to do. You feel like you get to nerd out a little bit? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you like the format they have at the Scotties now with the two-pool setup? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that point blank enough for you? Yeah. No, I don't like it. I have never been a fan of pools. I don't think that they work very well. And it's just a very complicated format. And no, I, to be honest, no, I, I, I really, I don't like it. We won with it last year. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not, it's just the excitement at the beginning of the week. It's hard for people to follow and understand what's going on. And you don't get to play all the teams, which I actually liked. Um, I I think it's harder for the fans to follow. You only come, if you're going to watch Team Canada play, for example, we always just play with the same group of teams for the first few days. You don't get to see the other teams. And I just, and the pools, it's really hard to make them even. It's just, it's 
just a very difficult thing to do. And so I've just never really been a fan of pool play. I don't really, I don't believe that it works very well. And unfortunately that's what we've chosen to do. And I hopefully they'll reevaluate it after a couple of years and see what uh, maybe can work uh, even better. Now, curling's been tinkering with the format the last seven years or so a lot with trying to allow every team there. They started that little play-in round thing. That didn't work. Now they've got 14 members coming in. So is the solution then to start the tournament a little earlier so there's a full round robin? Yeah, you could probably do that. And even um, there's no hot shots anymore. So now we have a lot more downtime. Like usually we would have been doing hot shots all day today and then tomorrow morning you could start start and have a draw tomorrow morning there's there are things that you can do and um it's just a question yeah it's just a question of sitting down and trying to figure out what's best for the players what's best for the events and what's best for the fans and try to hopefully come up with a a solution that works for everyone and you're still want to have every province and territory there you still want the 14 teams even if you know someone like Nunavut or Yukon tend to not do as well because they just don't have as much ice time yeah, I mean, I think that's something to look at for sure. It, it's great that it's definitely a representation of our country, and um, it's just uh, you, you, it may go to a point where they, they need to be able to play down against a certain number of teams in order to qualify for the event and try to build numbers. But this is a way to help the sport grow. So I'm not, I don't know the answers, unfortunately, and I guess it's hard for me to criticize the system when I don't have a solution for it. Um, but uh, I think that's something that we have to go back to the drawing board and maybe try to brainstorm about how to come up with something different in the future. Do you root for other Manitoba teams to do well, or do you just worry about yourself? Well, to be honest, you're just more focused. You're focused on yourself, uh, your team when you're here. And um, but obviously, you you do want you want Manitoba to do well. It's it's where we're from, and it's great for Manitoba curling. So. Um, but but when we're here, we're focused on how we're doing, what we need to do in order to kind of be successful, and um, kind of see where the where all the teams fall at the end of the week. So to get through this pool system, then you have uh, what is it six games initially before you move on to the next round? Oh boy, I don't even know. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think it's six games. Yeah, like I told you, it's just difficult. <laughs> but I think it's six games, and um, then you play four more. Top- top four move on but you carry your record with you right and then the top four after that move on again right and then the, the your four games in the second round are against the four teams from the other pool correct yeah so then See, you play them and simple. then you carry your records from both pools forward and the top four records overall move into the championship round yeah it's crystal clear right Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just complicated, and I don't know. It's not my favorite, but well, it's okay. Yeah. We're going to love it this week and enjoy it. And, yeah, and it's not bad to play in. It's just, it's different. In my opinion, it's not a perfect format, yeah. How long does it take to get used to ice at an, at an event like this? Uh, well, you're constantly getting used to it, to be honest. The ice will change uh, throughout the week, it always does. And so, you can't really ever get complacent as much as we are on the ice every day. It usually changes from the time of the day you play on it to the day of the week. And if the rocks are touched up again, or if they're not, it just really impacts the ice conditions. So you're always adjusting and the better you adjust, the better you do. So that's something that we really try to focus on and uh, see if 
if we can adjust better than than the other teams. How's the weather out there? Oh, it's not snowing right now, so that's good. <laughs> it's beautiful, and what's well, a little cloudy today, but right on the harbor, it's just gorgeous, and the people have been awesome. So we managed to avoid the storm uh, too bad, and I think all the teams made it in. All right, Jennifer, well, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me, and best of luck at the Scotties this week. Thank you very much, and thanks to all those Manitoba fans. Hopefully there'll be lots of uh, cheering for Manitoba this week. So I was directed to a video today of a University of Winnipeg student whipping an ultimate disc all the way down an indoor soccer field and into a small net, probably going nuts with his friend. There is screaming. There are words I cannot say on the radio, and there's apparently a world record. So that ultimate player is with me now, Connor Lawrence. And Connor, before we get to your record, how long have you been playing ultimate? I've been playing ultimate since grade 12, which was, I guess, four years ago now. And what originally, I guess, drew you towards this sport? Well, I went to Kelvin High School, and they have a very good ultra program there. They promote the sport very well. And if I didn't go to that school or like one of the other big schools like Sturgeon or Westwood, I don't think I would have gotten into ultimate, actually. Okay. And I guess what other sports did you play that kind of prepared you for ultimate? Well, I've played pretty much every sport, like volleyball, basketball, hockey, soccer. But the ones that I think prepared me the most might be volleyball because the jumping for it, um, soccer, just the similar like sprinting and um, stopping kind of running situation. Mm-hmm. And pivoting in basketball, too, because when you're throwing around a defender, you got to pivot as well. So I think those three would be the three I'd pick. What's Winnipeg's kind of ultimate scene like? Winnipeg actually has a very big ultimate scene considering how big the city is or how small. Um, We have a really, really good junior program, which is like MoFo and Manitou and that kind of deal. Those are names of their club teams. And then you work your way up and we have tons and tons of recreational leagues through mods and they have multiple touring teams, uh, including like Winnipeg Strike and um, Novo and teams like that. And what teams do you play for? I play for the, my university team, the University of Winnipeg. We're also called Ewok, like little Star Wars guys. Yeah. And uh, that's that's it right now. Okay. Now, I understand you did uh, – did you set a record recently? Yes, yesterday. Yesterday I broke a record. Okay. So how did you – I guess, first of all, how did you go about uh, learning that it was a record in the first place? Well, it all started a couple of years ago. Me and my friend Shane Pfeiffer, we uh, we look, we're looking up ultimate world records because there's this one YouTube star. His name is Brody Smith, and uh, he's a pretty big guy on YouTube, and he has like six world records. And we just thought it'd be kind of fun to try and break his. So starting, it was in 20, 2017, we broke the record for most behind the back catches in one minute. He was tossing a bunch of frisbees, and I was trying to catch as many as I could. Uh, we broke that record. It has since been broken by somebody else, so we plan on trying to take that back eventually. But then yesterday, um, I broke the record of throwing a flying disc into a target, so it was like a basketball hoop was the size of the target. And the record before was 152 feet, and the record that I tossed yesterday was 158 feet and 10 and a half inches, which is like the length of an indoor soccer field. So I saw the video. We cannot play the audio of it because they're subversing, <laughs> but understandably so, you were pretty excited. How many tries did it take? I learned a lot about um, perseverance that morning. Uh, I tried the day before for about a half an hour, but then uh, on the day of, 
it took me about two hours. I'm very thankful actually Shane decided to skip his morning lecture and hang out with me for that entire time because it took roughly, I'd say, like 300 attempts, honestly, oh to get it. In. I know my shoulders feels kind of wrecked right now since then. So you're thankful that your friend skipped class? Absolutely. But you didn't have class? Uh, no, I also skipped on myself. <laughs> okay, because this is more important, right? Yeah, <laughs> just a, once once in a while. Yeah, so I guess was this just a matter of finding obscure records that had the opportunity to be broken? Well, Ultimate's not the most mainstream sport, so we figured it wouldn't be too terribly difficult to break some of those records, and we found out pretty quick. I mean, like, the original record for behind-the-back catches before we tried it was 24, and Brody Smith got 31. And we got 34, and now it's 52. So now it's kind of getting more difficult. And that throw yesterday, 100, 158 feet's a long ways away. That was a really difficult, actually. So not as obscure as we thought, but still achievable. I guess, how, what's the maximum you could possibly throw a disc? That's the funny thing. I, I probably could throw only like 165 feet right now. So that was pretty much at my uh, that was it. maximum there. So did you talk to Guinness about this? Is this official official? Well, our first record behind the back, that one, uh, it takes a little while because we, um, you can like make it a priority, but it costs a lot of money. So mm-hmm. it takes around 12 weeks to get it confirmed. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident this is going to be confirmed. As of right now, the second one is pending. Yeah. Okay. Do you get a certificate? Yeah. The first certificate I actually have is uh, chill on my wall as well. So even if it gets broken again, you'll know it. At some point, you had a Guinness World Record. Yes, that is exactly, exactly it. All right. Well, uh, congratulations on this on this record, and maybe you'll have to break it again someday. But in the meantime, uh, enjoy your long weekend, Connor. Thank you very much. Hopefully, hopefully not for a while because I need I need a bit of rest from that. Our parlay time. Philly and Joe. Well, it's normally Philly and Joe from Power Mornings, but Joe's gone, as you'll hear. So our power parlay last week just fell apart almost immediately. We had uh, a fight that didn't happen, Philly. What, yeah. what, what's going on with your I, uh, UFC there? I apologize. Uh, Gastelum Whitaker was supposed to be a big pay-per-view um, for the belt. Whitaker, Robert Whitaker, went and got himself injured, got wow. himself hospitalized, so no fight there. So that uh, <laughs> power parlay. I mean, we could blame it on that or we can blame it on the Winnipeg Jets. Joe had oh, that's the right. Jets going to Ottawa, and they lost 5-2. So the fact that I got my Orlando Apollos correct in their <laughs> inaugural <laughs> Alliance of American football game meant nothing. Yeah, meant that's... nothing. Wasted pick. You but... nail a pick like that, and it's uh, for naught. That's got to be frustrating, Christian. And what great action it was. I watched many. Uh, not, no, I didn't watch it. <laughs> you know what the best part is? Is... is Figuring out what exactly we're going to bet on on the power parlay it's from week to layer. week. Well, until we get to you know close to the playoffs in the NHL, when we will we'll change it up again and maybe give predictions for series. But right now we're we're digging deep. March Madness isn't too far yeah, away. That's true, that's true. That'll that's be fun. A huge, huge boon for Vegas. That'll be a lot the of fun. Opening days of March Madness, Vegas goes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but we are in February. We'll get there when we get there. Joe is not here because we fired him after mm. his pick last week. He's actually in Vegas, of all the places. This is not the first time he's no. missed a power parlay because he's in Vegas. <laughs> That's all Joe does. He's got one vacation, Vegas. And we just know him well enough that he'd take the Jets at home against Ottawa tomorrow, coming off the loss against Colorado. We figure they're going to be hungry. We said that last week after yeah. the loss to Montreal, and it didn't happen. They owe Colorado, or they owe Ottawa. So oh, yeah. I, I, 
I can't imagine a world where they, A, lose to Colorado, then lose to Ottawa. At home. At home. There's no way. There is a guaranteed win day they are going to beat Ottawa. See, underneath the dirty rug that is Colorado, there is talent there. And the top line is really good. And I know they had lost a bunch of games, but they were in the playoffs last year. They've got some moments of greatness. Ottawa, I do not. No, no, no. They, they actually gave Nashville a good run in the playoffs last year, Colorado. And every... Yeah. I said this on our show. Every time I watch the Avs, I say to myself, how are they? How have they lost eight in a row? They're a fast team. They've got that incredible top line. Well, if you line. watched them last night, you would have said, there's no way this team had won three of their last 21. They look good. Yeah, but, but goaltending, they've got yeah, some defensive yeah, yeah, problems yeah. and such. Yep. So. so we're going to give Joe the pick, Winnipeg tomorrow uh, against Ottawa, 6 p.m. Uh, you're going to stick with hockey as uh, well? Yeah, I'm going to stick with hockey, and, and this may surprise some. I'm going the... The pro-line route, you can go however you want to go uh, with betting this game. But Anaheim is at home. You're putting your money on the Anaheim Ducks? Hear me out. The okay. Ducks the Ducks are at home to the Bruins. It's okay. paying $3 uh, on pro-line. They, uh, the Ducks won the other night in Bob Murray's first game. one nothing over Vancouver That's... with a rookie getting a <laughs> shutout in his only start. I got a feeling, sometimes with a new coach. You know, it, it rattles yeah. rattles the team a bit. We still got Getzlaff and Anaheim. I think, I think they'll uh, win two or three in a row here under Bob Murray, and then come back to earth. But maybe they can surprise a Boston team. Boston's okay. Boston's okay. Boston's they don't, they good. Don't, Boston's good. Boston's good. I don't know. I think they got a fluke win the other night. The fact that John Gibson's now on IR, he was kind of their only bright spot. Look, Christian, I'm scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. It was either them or take uh, Manhattan in NCAA oh basketball. Oh my gosh. The Hatters? Is They're paying four bucks, actually. So, But no, I'll stick with the Ducks. Okay. Uh, you want to talk about the barrels we're scraping here. So <laughs> I had good luck with the Orlando Apollos last week. No one knows more about uh, the Alliance of American Football. Nobody than you do. Like, you are on it. You got it. Now, they're going to San Antonio this week against the Commanders. And the Alamo Dome was rocking last week <laughs> Commanders. with a commanding 15-6 <laughs> defensive win. Apparently, they actually had pretty good fans show up there. So Orlando on the road, a six-point or six-point favorite. Uh, the experts say to go with the Commanders at home. I'm going to ride my money on Orlando until they prove otherwise. That's your team, Orlando. <laughs> you can't go against your team no, now. No, can't. They're my they're my team. I can't turn my back on my Apollos. Oh my! So once they scorn me like the Vikings often do, then I'll move on to maybe I don't know the San Diego Fleet or definitely not the Atlanta Legends, but. I think it's a good bit to do this every week. Just pick the AF. You know what? I'm going to go because I, maybe I'll look at some AF games next week. I, I'm going to look at this league, see how the games go, and I think I'm going to come up with an AF game. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. Let's hope our picks actually happen this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, no more UFC bets for me. I like saying AF too much for sure. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes.